Hi, this is Rob Deutschman, and welcome to another edition of The Old Gray Mayors. My guest today is someone that I have immense respect for. He may not have felt the love at times when we were on regional council together. I've only known him as the regional chair, but he started out as a high school teacher, later a museum director. In the 1970s, he became a councillor and mayor for the township of Woolwich. Regional chair for the region of Waterloo from 1985 to 2018, an uninterrupted run of 33 years. He retired on his own terms, having won every election he participated in. He retired the region a far better place than when he started. Most recently, he co-chaired a comprehensive review of municipal governance for the Ontario government. And despite everything that he's done in the region, I'm confident in saying that he will tell you his greatest achievement is his marriage that produced five children and at least eight grandchildren. Eleven. <laughs> Eleven grandchildren. He was a mentor to me during my time on regional council. He's forgotten more about Waterloo Region and municipal governance than I will ever learn. He's my friend, Ken Sealing, and he qualifies as an old gray mayor, but he's more an old gray chair. Well, that's great. Good to be here. <laughs> and so, getting, getting grayer. <laughs> so, Ken, uh, retirement has kept you quite busy, I see. Uh, the province has kept you busy. Um, how, just tell me, though, how did you enjoy the process? Well, it was a very interesting process. Both Michael Fenn and myself, I've known Michael for a long time. Michael is probably one of the top people in the field in terms of knowledge and background and experience. Uh, sage, wise guy who's got an encyclopedic knowledge of everything, every study that's ever been done and yes. uh, has worked extensively. So it was sort of interesting. I was the political half of the team. He was the, yeah. the more bureaucratic part of the team. But he'd been a CAO within the regional system, within cities. He'd been a deputy minister. He'd been with Metrolinx. Uh, so he was a well-qualified well, guy. Well-qualified and uh, has a, a long-time experience with the system. So, and I know uh, I've always called you the historian, and I know you know where all the bodies are buried in this region. So, but I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about that report, and it's uh, well documented with respect to your views on uh, how the Ontario government uh, has dealt with that, and we're not going to get into that. Um, I just want to talk, though, let's go back a little bit in time. You and I first met, and I think it was about 95 or 96. Uh, when you came out to air to do a little campaigning. That's and, right. Uh, you and I went knocking at a few doors. Was that the first election for a regional chair at that time? Yeah, 1997 was the first uh, election, direct election for the regional chair. The province had uh, thrown that our way, and uh, we were uh, probably the second region to have a directly elected chair, and that was the first election. So um, enjoyed your support out in North Dumfries, <laughs> and uh, we did some canvassing out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, but let's go back even farther. So, you know, I've, I've noted in the 70s you, were, uh, you became a councillor. Uh, what, what year was that? I think 1976 was the year I was elected first time. And uh, I'm always curious uh, what it is that brings people to politics to become an elected because because you're out there. I guess you're a high school teacher at the time. Or at were that you a museum director. By that, that time, time, I had moved. I was working for the county of Wellington, so I was working within a municipal framework. I had left teaching in '74 and uh, was working for the county of Wellington from that point on. Okay, and it's kind of interesting because now I'm thinking I'm getting flashes of Ron Eddy <laughs> and his experience that he's been through, but that's a former mayor of uh, Brant County. So what was it then that brought you to uh, politics? 
So during my during my high school and university days, I was involved. I ran the recreation programs in Elmira and then later for Woolwich Township. Uh, and then when I began teaching, I was involved as, as a, in fact, as a, they as a staff person in, for a summer because they were short staffed and oh. they and they had actually uh, gotten rid of their recreation director. So I took over the programs and ran them that summer. And then ultimately, I was a, a lay member on the recreation committee for the township of Woolwich, and uh, it became pretty obvious that um, to me that uh, what the recreation committee was doing, you didn't need to be an elected person on that committee to have any sway or any influence. Right. So I decided uh, we had a major issue with the arena at that time, well, and was th- it? things weren't going uh, along as well as well as I thought. The arena. Uh, previously, Elmira, a lot of the arenas that had uh, after Listowel. Uh, were got into trouble, and so Elmira had actually gone ahead before the regulations were passed and had reinforced the arena roof and done all those. So sorts that was of that was in the. In, is that the one that collapsed? The uh, collapse in Listowel, yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, but Elmira had done that sort of thing. Is that as a town, they'd always kept their facilities up and had done the work, uh, but it became obvious by the uh, by the early seventies that the arena needed either replacement or something else to happen with yep. it. And we just couldn't move the ball on that particular file. Couldn't get council to do couldn't anything. Couldn't get council to do anything extensively. So I was on the recreation committee. So I thought, well, I'm going to run for council. And uh, I have an interest in other things as well as, as recreation. But sure. uh, that was really what got me there in the first place. And so uh, I then became the chair of recreation uh, uh, during my first term as a councillor. Right. And uh, we, we began to move the ball a little bit and try and get some uh, opportunities out there for doing work. Did you get a new arena? Well, at the end of the day, um, we... The, the the cost of getting a new arena was um, was pretty significant at that it's time huge. and yeah. and it was sort of ironical that every time the Mar- uh, Woolwich was doing things they were sort of ahead of the game because they were trying to be pre- proactive and right. so every time they did something major on the facility right right after they finished doing it and paid the bill themselves then suddenly the problems come along with the grant program so all these other communities were getting these enriched grants oh, for doing okay. things but Woolwich. Uh, I think it was being proactive, and Elmira was being proactive. Anyway, so we, we actually rebuilt the entire facility. So uh, we, we have a similar path there because it was yeah. basically an arena that brought me uh, to the <laughs> mayorship at uh, North Dumfries, right. too, because we had that small rink, right. and it needed to be replaced. It, it's kind of interesting. Um, it always seems like I always, I always put this proposition out there. I say, okay, look, people will, if you, you buy a house, you get a mortgage. And sometimes if you buy a car, you got to get a car sure. loan, right? So you, right. you go into debt. To do things. That's right. But when people are elected and sit at that horseshoe, suddenly it's like, I can't take on any debt, yeah. right? Well, that's the whole debate uh, on a lot of fronts these days is how much debt you have. And people do forget they take mortgages out in their homes and they take yeah. loans for their cars. And somehow, but if a municipality takes on debt, it's something people it, see it's as It's tragedy. Bad. Like, yeah. And it was always curious because the auditors, the outside auditors would come in and as part of their report, they would say, oh, well... Uh, North Dumfries, you can uh, take on, I don't know, it was like tens of millions of dollars of debt if you had to. And I'm like, wow, this is like unbelievable. And look at the region, for example. You've taken on debt, but you have a, what, a, a very high credit rating still. You still have a AAA credit yeah. rating. And um, yeah, so uh, in fact, you have to do those sorts of things that the community wants to move ahead. Otherwise, you stand still. And, yeah, right. and I think I think one of my big beefs with uh, both federal and provincial governments over the years has been people that aren't do the right things uh, do them and they they do they pay the bill and they take on the debts and then yeah. the then people plead poverty and government comes along and they reward p- poor behavior oh. by giving giving grants sometimes <laughs> these things and you've seen too many examples of that around. Well, uh, we did benefit from that infrastructure <laughs> program when we put ours up, so I'll have to admit that it worked out really well for us. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Um, 
But let's, I want to go back to uh, the amalgamation uh, discussion. And we're not talking about, we're not going to talk about amalgamation today. Okay. But what the provincial government has come out with now is a, and maybe you can explain it, uh, an opportunity for municipalities to do a review. What is it the review is going to entail? Well, they really haven't come up with guidelines yet. What they did do is when they, uh, when they decided to do nothing with our report, uh, they said, well, here's a fund of money that we're going to give to municipalities that they can apply for and do efficiency studies or studies just how they can do things better. Uh, and supposedly that's where they're going to go. Right? They've already had a fund for that for the last two or three years. Some municipalities have made... Uh, have received money to do some of these efficiency studies, and so they've increased the size of the pot, and they're hoping that municipalities will do things on their own. And I remember when we were on council, we had that um, uh, KPMG, right. which was an outside auditor, come in and do a review of, right. I don't know, it was like 10 or 11 departments or something yep. like that. Is this the same sort of thing? It's the same sort of thing. And as you recall, if you were on council at that time, that the, the KPMG came in and said, we can't find any low-hanging fruit. You're pretty efficient here. Right. And they, the things that they suggested you do to save money were areas the council just wasn't prepared to move, selling daycare centers and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it so, was the, they said, yeah, we could uh, expand the daycare opportunity or create increase the number of available spots or what have you but that did move but you know what sometimes it's important to be able to have someone come in and say yeah you're on the right track right. yeah especially when you're you know some people don't realize the i mean the regional budget so i was i was like in this two worlds when i was mayor i was in north dumfries which had a five million dollar annual budget and then i'd go sit at the regional uh horseshoe and it's like a 1.5 billion dollar with a b right. budget so it was like it's a massive right you know, it's, it's unbelievable uh, how it's grown uh, over time. I don't know if you remember, what was the budget when you first uh, got Quite a bit less than one, one and a half billion dollars. <laughs> so I, th I think the region has always, if you take a look at the uh, indicators by large, the region has always run quite efficiently. And by the indicators yes. of other municipalities, it's been uh, been uh, run very efficiently. In fact, uh, probably some of the indicators would say that maybe in some cases it's been too tight in its spending, but that's that's in terms of administrative staff and that sort of thing. Gets back to people being extra conservative when they're that's elected. Right. But, well, that's what I always said about Waterloo Region has always been sort of fiscally conservative, but they've never been afraid of doing the right things and invest in the right things. And that's, you know, you see the expressway, you see yep. the IN, you see the sewage treatment plants, uh, the, tr the transit system. It hasn't been afraid of big investments if it's seen as the right way to go. Right, with some future. And I think the, the other thing why at the time maybe bringing someone in to take a look at things was because with the province downloading so many services mm -hmm. and you know we have the social agencies that come in all the time right. trying to get some help and we want to help them and we have any opportunity that we can find more savings to try and spread the money to to groups like that is certainly uh, a benefit but now let's go back in time okay okay so we're going to talk about um, the amalgamation efforts in Waterloo region in the past and particularly in light of what the province has is doing now where they're saying hey individual municipalities you check for efficiencies and see what you can do and we're going to discuss about what we think about the likelihood of things happening in that right. regard but before we say why we think or don't think things will happen let's go to a historical context okay. here so let me put a bit of a twist on that yeah I wouldn't use the term amalgamation efforts. I would use the term rationalization, right? Because that okay. was that was the focus of all of the efforts over the last twenty years was service rationalization and how we do things better. Okay, yeah. Okay, perfect. And 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 that probably um, provides the the listeners with a better idea too in terms of where right. we've been and where we are today. Right. So the one I'm thinking about though is the John Sweeney 
right. review that that uh, gets talked about. Um, do, you, do you call it? Was that was that prior to Harris, the Harris government uh, making the recommendations for Toronto, Hamilton, uh, Sudbury? Right, it Ottawa? was. So if you go back in time, uh, so I was elected in '85, and during that that period, late '80s, I I used to attend a, a, a deputy minister by the name of Gardner Church from the Ontario government was running a series of. Um, uh, sessions uh, where he would bring in people from the metropolitan areas of the United States and some of the metropolitan areas of Canada. And uh, he ran these things and he invited me to attend them. And at that time, what he was basically saying was that, and this is in the late 80s, he's saying in a competitive world, as it was getting more competitive, was that the competition was not, uh, you know, Oakville versus Oshawa or Kitchener versus Waterloo or those yeah, sort of things. Yeah. The, the, um, the competition was between regional areas. So it was the Portlands, uh, uh, the Munichs, right. the Frankfurts, yeah. uh, the GTA, those kinds of things. Those, that's where competition was. And so we had to better organize our local governments so that we could be stronger. So instead of simply Kitchener fighting the battle or Cambridge fighting the battle, you really had a larger regional area. And so that led me to the conclusion that we really need to take a look at how we were operating as a region. We'd come through the Palmer report; it had reviewed, it found things essentially working well, and that was from Palmer was seventy nine or seventy eight, seventy nine, right? But it really didn't deal with how we go forward. Yeah, to the degree that I thought it well, should. Well, and Palmer came out; it was like the region had only been formed when in seventy three. So that was only like five, five years. Five years, years experience, post, yeah. right? So there really hadn't been a lot of experience, and some of the other major regions have been 74, 75 after us. So uh, what we began to say is, can we better organize ourselves to be more effective as a, as a, as a larger community if we're competing against regional communities, not individual cities or municipalities? And so at that time, uh, to do that, we, we hired John Sweeney to take a look at how we could better organize and rationalize yeah. our services. And John began that project. He looked at governance and he looked at sewer and water. His major report was sewer and water. Was this like 92, 93? Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. And just prior, prior to the Harris years, prior to the Harris government coming in. Was he still in, he was, I guess he was done uh, He was eventually. right. Yeah. So, um, because the, uh, the um, uh, Bob Ray government had come in. Oh, okay, right. So he, he the liberal government was gone and uh, yep. so Bob Ray was in. And so he began to look at those services. The, the unfortunate part was is that John was doing this from you know a high level, but there were those people within our community who were bound determined that nothing was changing, uh, that nothing was going to change. Elect, some elected officials. Uh, elected officials. Yes. Okay. And so John ran. It got it got to be I think pretty ugly at some times. And so finally John decided he'd had enough of it. He'd issued two maybe three reports, and they weren't going anywhere. And was there recommendations in those reports? There were recommendations. For example, sewer and water. You recommended one to your sewer and water. Right. And uh, that um, that was consistent with what ultimately came out of the Walker Inquiry. Anyway, there lots of reports about, on that. Yeah, yeah. right, so, right. So at any rate... And we all so, know the problem that occurred with Walkerton yeah. and the loss of lives. Yeah. So we... So um, anyway, so that ended. The Harris government came in, and the Harris government then decided... Uh, there were too many municipalities in Ontario. There were 800 and some at that time. And yeah. they decided there was more. Yes. And so there were areas where reform, we obviously had been a, a hotbed of discussion about municipal reform, regional reform in the region because of the Sweeney area and the things that we were doing at that particular time. Uh, Hamilton was another one. Uh, Ottawa, Sudbury, 
uh, some of the other ones. And so... So just before Harris government, though, I just want to focus on Sweeney. Okay. Okay, and what went on there. So, um, so John Sweeney was meeting with the various municipalities, uh, public meetings, what was going he, on? He had public meetings. He had, a independent, he had an office in our building, but he had an independent office with staff, and he, was, he met with people, consulted with people, uh, not only within the region, but provincially and otherwise, and he, right. he uh, tabled his reports. As I say, the major one that came out was on the sewer and water because we had a split system here. Yeah, so what was the system that we had? The three cities had their own? So the system that was put in place in 73 was... Um, there were the early regions, which were York, Niagara, and Waterloo, uh, had um, a double system. So that sewer, uh, the region did sewage treatment, they did water supply, but the retailing of it was left at the lower tier at the area oh. municipal level. Okay. So when the regions were created the year after us, the province said, we made a mistake, we shouldn't have done this, we shouldn't have split them. So all the regions created from 74 on had a unified system so you could plan and do everything jointly. It made life a lot simpler for doing this right. thing, but it wasn't done. So there was a move afoot, which was sub subsequently reinforced by the Walken Inquiry later on uh, to bring them back together. So that was the, his major report, and he recommended that we unify the system. So water and sewer, what about fire services at that time? Uh, they never really got down to fire services. I think before we got into further services, yep. the, the, the John sort of called it quits, and uh, we wound it down. Why? Okay, so he called it quits because why? Uh, I think there were some people who were pretty visceral in their uh, approach to it. Right. I think it wasn't a very pleasant time for John, and there didn't seem to be a lot of support outside some of us within the regional framework who wanted to see any kind of reform. I think so the was, cities I, and the townships were not? There wasn't a, a big uptake, let me put it that okay, way. Okay, okay. So... So was sewer and water the only recommendation, or were there other recommendations in that report? Uh, he had made some recommendations, and I should have brought them along on, on elections and things like that, which I don't remember all the exact terms, okay. but, but they, they led ultimately to some other changes that came on after that. But okay. he, he came to a, a halt after that. So, but did anything happen within the region following the Sweeney report, like efforts to try and do something? Nothing came out of that other than the fact that uh, ultimately when we dealt with the provincial government, uh, the separated council came about, direct election of the regional chair, and those were things that he was pointing to through his... Okay, work. so these things happened after Harris started? Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yep. so now Sweeney ends, John Sweeney stops yep. his uh, review, and nothing comes of that. Right. And then what happens then? The Harris government comes in. Yes. And the Harris government decides there's too many municipalities, they want changes in the structure, and so they they decide to they do two things. One is they they create a list of, of uh, municipalities in which they're going to send commissioners into under the Municipal Act to yes. review governance structure. And uh, those so there was an A list and a B list. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so Hamilton, uh, Ottawa, uh, Sudbury, Toronto. Uh, uh, Toronto had been done already. Okay. In that process, Toronto made it, it was done as a unilateral decision before that time. Okay. And Unilateral by Toronto or by the government? By the government. Okay. The government decreed I just, because I wanted to, I'd be surprised if, if a decision at the municipal level to do something. No, there had been, there had, huge, there had been huge debate in Toronto. Uh, there was a metro chairman and uh, then there was the area mayors and they had this huge debate. And uh, so uh, Harris was the premier. Um, Al Leach was the minister of uh, municipal affairs at that time. Yeah. And uh, that debate went on for, for some months. And finally, the province unilaterally decided that they were going to amalgamate them. 
So, so Waterloo was, Region was on the B list. So when the list ultimately did the rest of the province came out, uh, we thought we were on the A list. Right. Uh, so the A list was the was the announcement of those areas that were going to be they had, amalgamated. They were going to have a commissioner. Appointed. Okay. All right. And the B list was those who were told. Uh, get busy and do something or we'll do something. Okay. So the ones that had the commissioner, ultimately all of them... Went single tier with the exception of Haldeman Norfolk, which uh, for a variety of political reasons, instead of going single tier, it was split back into the original counties but and created single tier, two single tier counties. Okay. They had been a, a two-tier amalgamated two counties. Right. And uh, the... Uh, we won't get into today what happened there, but it was yeah, it yeah. was a political solution down there. But they were two tier single tier cities right. created. Okay, so let's talk about us on the B list. So, but just as an aside, an interesting story. Then why don't you tell us why did you think you were on the A list? How did we end up on the B list? <laughs> well, um, every indication that I had had was that we were on the A list. We were we thought we were number one or two on the A list because of the amount of work had gone on, the arguments and the fighting and the... And the Sweeney, the Sweeney report. report yeah. All those sorts of things had, had been there and uh, we were sort of think we were sort of thinking that uh, we were there. Uh, I never saw the list, but um, the day that was announced... Um, you, you went down to Queen's Park. Uh, there was an announcement in Toronto. I think it was during, I think it was during AMO or some... I was in Toronto when the thing was announced and I was, I was flabbergasted. I was absolutely flabbergasted that you were not. We were on not the A-list. A-list. We were and on so the A-list, A-list would have been a commissioner coming in to do yes. a, what a review, a review, and make recommendations. Okay. Um, and I went around and talked to all the senior people that I knew in the government of that that day. What did they tell you? And they said, "You know why you're not on the A-list." And I said, "Tell me." And they'd say, "You know." So you didn't know. So I suspected, but um, which I later had confirmed. Uh, uh, Years so, later. sometime later by a member of the government. Yeah. Uh, what, so what, what, what can you say in broad terms happened? I would say that there was some political intervention that had us... Uh, from local? Well, I won't say from where, but uh, we had some political <laughs> intervention that had us moved from the A list to the B list. Okay, I'll say I've heard uh, local, uh, inter- <laughs> uh, local uh, involvement in moving us from one list to the other, and I'll leave it at that as okay. well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it, I said it. So... Now we're on the B list. What happens then? So I have to get my timing right here. But the B list was told, uh, get busy and do something, or we might possibly come back and do something. So uh, that's about the time that the, um, the area municipalities, fearful of amalgamation, we've been trying for, for probably five or six years to say there's a portion of our act that said we could do transit if we wanted to. But nobody wants us to act on it because you remember there was a Cambridge system and there was a, a Kitchener system, which I don't really remember, to. but I understand. So, uh, so for five or six years, they kept promising they'd find a way of creating a link between Cambridge and the north end of the region. Yeah, they never did it. Who's the they? The the three cities. Okay, the two cities basically. Yeah. And so when this threat of a, a potential amalgamation came along, the uh, the cities decided that they would. Uh, throw up a couple of things to show that we were moving in the direction of greater When you say throw up, move up to the region. Move to the region, right. Okay. So that's how how transit came up to the region at the same, and garbage collection oh, okay. came up to the region at that time. They right. Were, they were voluntarily offered up yeah. and, uh, to show that we were moving in the right direction. Yeah, this speaks to, and you've said, I'll, I'll give you credit for this, uh, that uh, amalgamation may happen, but it's by evolution. 
it could be by evolution. Over time. Like it's not going to happen by revolution. It's not going to happen uh, by local decision, but, but uh, as, as a one-off on everything, but individual services over time eventually moving to the region. Ultimately, it could happen that way. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, sure well, that's been the history so far, right? So far, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that so the Harris government did that. They they came in and they also uh, downsized councils, and uh, so they they actually came in in '97. They gave us a direct election to the regional chair, and then regional council asked uh, for the council to be separated. In two, for from 2000, the regional council was separated. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, there must have been some opposition to to that locally. Well, there were some people who didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, who thought that the, they and local councillors should um, control the regional council. Because that's how it was prior to. We, we have now direct, directly elected, like all the mayors are on regional council, council, but we have directed, uh, directly uh, elected, elected representatives elected. from the three cities. Right. And before it was, if you were elected a uh, alderman or a councillor from the city, some of them would then move up to regional and, council. And sit on both councils. Yeah. What was the problem with that? Well, first of all... Uh, the region was a secondary business. You know, I, I still remember pe- people arriving, opening their envelopes at committee meetings or saying, well, I need to know what my local council thinks about this before I can deal with this issue. I mean, by and large, things moved along, but they, they weren't pe- focused on their issues. And so there weren't ch- particularly champions for things, uh, have, having a regional framework, a regional focus for things. Right. And so um, I, I'll say to this day that we wouldn't have an LRT today if, if we had, didn't have separated councils. Yeah. Because we got champions for the land use planning, champions for the tools to create the land use planning, that which became the, the transit system. So, uh, and Niagara is the only one that had to, had, had to separate a council up at that point in time. And so okay. we, we were the second ones, but the government did that. Then used it, the opportunity then to downsize the council yeah. too. So I want to get into the weeds on something here because you, you've, you've mentioned this concept uh, of the triple majority and, and what that was all about. Tell tell me what that was about, what were the votes going on, what was happening uh, locally here? Because I think it speaks to just how difficult, how difficult it is to make the change, whether it's uh, rationalization of services or an amalgamation coming from the bottom up. Right. And I think this gives a good example, uh, especially here in Waterloo Region where we seem to get along quite well, but on these issues, if we can't make it happen, it's hard to see how anyone's going to make it happen. That's right. So triple majorities was a convenient tool that the government threw in some 20 years ago into the legislation to, to allow for transfer of services. But the reality is you have to have the majority of the municipalities, the majority of the population, uh, to vote for it. And so we had a package of, for regional reform in, in 2000, I think it was, where um, uh, we were... We were very close to having commissioner come in at that point in time because we'd reached a stalemate in, in the discussions. Yeah, let me just ask you. So in 2000, this was part of the B list right. work yeah. that was going Why on. Not? Right. So in 2000, then you had a, a package. What was the package? Well, the package had a number of things, but the biggest thing in was the one-tier sewer and water. Okay. We that was an important thing to achieve, and there were things in there that we agreed to discuss. For example, there'd always been a push for the region take on center and the square, for example, to cost that because it was providing a regional function. Right. Uh, look at other. There were a variety of smaller. The city items. Kitchener would be happy to move that one up. But in I guess. part, some were and some weren't, <laughs> but um, but the, the sewer and water was the major major part of it. So let me and, just ask you: the sewer water keeps coming up. Why would that be a difficult one to move to the region? 
Well, the I think the area municipalities think that a lot of their probably works departments are constructed around being able to doing the fun, the road function plus the sewer and water function. And in, in Kitchener, they actually have a gas utility which is woven into that as well. So uh, they would lose some critical mass in terms of their own staffing if if in fact the function moved up. But wouldn't there be a cost savings to just move it on up, or was there a fear that there wasn't going to be a cost savings? Uh, I think I think the issue for them more was we're going to lose critical mass in our workforce. And what's the, what's the what's the issue with that? Because they're going to reduce their, uh, or were they were it wasn't going to reduce overall their costs. So I think they saw, for example, if they were doing local street replacements, so that it would be another level going brought in. Because right now, if they do street replacements on the local street, it's they just do it themselves. They do the road work, they do the sewer and water, right. and, the, and that sort of thing, which is the reverse of what we are now. All of our major arterial roads, every time there's a road project on there, we now have to coordinate everything with the, uh, with, with which, the area municipality. Yeah, so and area and the region. And the region, yeah. So anyway, but that from a planning perspective, so th things were happening like, for example, the whole idea with regional services originally was that when the province did it, they wanted to manage the larger scale growth. So uh, in the regions that followed us, for example, they could move water and sewage between municipalities as they needed. So let me give you an example. So in the stockyards in, in the north end of Waterloo, which is in Woolwich Township, when they wanted to develop this, the facilities there, they had to negotiate with the city of Waterloo because even though the region supplied the water and drained right, the sewage, right, right. they had to come through city of Waterloo pipes. And so the Woolwich, Woolwich Township had to enter into these negotiations with Waterloo. And uh, quite frankly, at the time, I thought they held them up for ransom, but that's, um, <laughs> but they have the ability to block developments right, in, in right, areas right, where, right. There, where there could be property development. So yeah. you don't have that issue in, in Peel or Halton or, um, or Durham. So that's one of the difficult situations we have to deal with here. Right. So, and so, for, so another, another example I'll yeah. give you is that. So when we're doing water conservation, we, we, one of the tools of water conservation is block, block rates for water usage. The region could, could never, has, has never been able to use that tool because area municipalities control the, whole, the retail water rates at the end of the day. So oh. you can't have a common water rate. Right, right. You have a common wholesale rate, but not a common retail rate. Well, I, I'm no, in North Dumfries, I was happy to have the region just take over control of that because and, 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 we just didn't have the professional staff to, yeah. to deal with those issues. Right. And so, you know, people have dirty water. Who did they call? They called the region. Is it a source issue or is yeah. it a... Is it a local pipe issue? Right, right. It, it, so it's just a, a lines of accountability. So back in 2000 then, you had this package. and it, Was this a package that was worked out amongst all the municipalities? Right. So we, uh, we went through this exercise uh, led by somebody from the city of Kitchener. who um, A counselor. A counselor who yeah. promoted this. And there was yeah. it was called a breakfast club group that were opposing one to your government and opposing the packaging. Were they a group of councillors from the various municipalities? Municipalities who got together and said, yeah. well, let's have one more. Rather than bring in a commissioner, uh, let's have one more after to do a local package. And so they, we came up with this package. When you say one more due, what was the prior due? The Sweeney report or what was the prior effort? You said one well, more due. Well, so we had come to a end of the road in terms of trying to find a package uh, at that time. Oh. So we were at the point where perhaps it was time for a commissioner to come in and do the work because there wasn't enough local consensus to oh. do something. So the local municipalities couldn't come to an agreement on anything. The region, yeah. And so you were at one point almost prepared to go to the province and say, bring in yeah, a commissioner. commissioner. Right. And how did that go? Was there a vote for that? Well, there wasn't because we never got to the vote. 
uh, was just a matter of counting votes around the table and uh, to see where we were at, and we were pretty close to that. And uh, so this group formed itself and met and around uh, outside of the region. Yeah. And said, let's have one more go at it. And uh, so we convened and went through this exercise and come up with this package. Yes. But when it came to the vote at regional council, it failed by one vote because the Kitchener councillors and others, some others uh, who wanted one tier voted against it. And they, they, their argument for voting against it was we want one tier government. We don't want... One tier, that's it. One Even though you had negotiations on a package mm -hmm. that was actually... And, and you wouldn't have put it to a vote if you didn't think you had a good chance. Right. So what shocked you about that? Well, I had two rural mayors who voted against it, who I thought were firmly on side, and I hadn't bothered spending time with them. And because at the end of the day, they said, well, we support one to your government. So, um, and today, it's interesting because if you pulled the four rural mayors now, not one of them would support one tier government. No. Because it's always been this view, we want to be able to decide what we want to do locally, but we still have the benefit of the big brother, big sister, yeah. whatever you want to call it, but the region to take care of everything you're doing. Yeah. So that was the shocker. So those two yeah. votes basically... If two votes had gone the other way, we would, would have, have would have had these services. Yep. Yeah. So that failed. Did the province... Uh, how did it end up with the province then? Well, shortly after that time, uh, Harris retired and Eves took over as premier. And, the, and Eves was getting ready to go for election and he wanted to throw some oil in the waters. And so he wanted, so he sent Chris Hodgson, who was the new minister of municipal affairs, out. And, uh, and uh, quite frankly, he uh, shut down all regional reform. Basically said, I mean, he, he publicly, quite frankly, he humiliated everybody publicly who was a supporter of reform yeah. and said, Get along, play well, but we're, we're out of the reform game. So it seems like, now, now that's interesting because the analogy to that would be what's going on today, almost. I mean, you don't have to comment on it, yeah. but I'll just say it seems like now uh, with the current government and uh, the backtracking that's happened on various issues, which is all out there in the public, it seems like there's a bit of a backtrack going on with respect to uh, the amalgamation talks right. or, or the municipal review that's happened. And now in order to appease everyone and make everyone happy because the general response is, Hey, we're happy. They're not going ahead with everything, which maybe you're happy today, but you know, 10 years from now, you're going to take a look back on this and say, we should have did more, but politics is what's come into play. Right. right. I, don't disagree with you at all. <laughs> Interesting. So he's kind of come full circle on that issue. Um, any, let me just ask you, uh, and I'm going to have you back, Ken, if you don't mind, uh, mm. for future shows, because there's so many things we can talk right. about, right? Um, but any regrets on that issue uh, back then on the, on the vote and uh, what maybe you should have done differently to, uh, to make the change happen that you had hoped would happen at that time? No, I thought we had played out. As in my only hindsight is I... Two votes that I never thought were at risk. <laughs> yeah, because I, I've, I've always and known you. been on side. I've, yeah, <laughs> you, you've been one to be well prepared and know what's happening going into a vote. Right. You know. So I uh, those took me totally by surprise. Yeah. Because they had been totally on side all the way through. So, any rate. Well, listen, uh, uh, Ken. I want to thank you for coming in today. Uh, it's only a 30-minute podcast, yeah. but 30 minutes with you doesn't do uh, justice to anything. But uh, 
Um, just want to say it was a pleasure having you here today. Great. And um, uh, I know you'll probably be busy with other things, uh, particularly within Waterloo Region. And I look forward to uh, having you back to discuss uh, some of those things, not only the past that we talked about, but also your views on uh, the future for Waterloo Region. Because Great. if there's anyone who's well positioned to provide us with that opinion, it's it's you. And Great. so, again, thanks. And uh, Happy to come back. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks Great. a lot. Good. So this ends another edition of the Old Grey Mayors. And uh, as usual, if uh, you have any questions or issues or interest or someone that you think um, might be uh, someone we should speak to on a future podcast, please uh, feel free to reach out on me through Twitter or whatever other form and more than happy to uh, see how we can accommodate. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>